thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you inspiring you to awaken the change within i'm karen smith i'm kim morrison and i'm cindy o'meara and welcome to today's edition of up for a chat my goodness how exciting to have you join us as we explore or kind of adventure let's say that let's let's go on a bit of an adventure because today we've got a couple of different things that we want to throw around with you guys but one of the things that has um, really presented itself that we thought we kind of put right on the top of the list is the whole idea of haters and judgment and what happens when um, we begin to I like I, I look at it as if it's imploding where humanity begins to implode on itself and what are the causes of that? How does that happen? What does that look like? And also, what are the consequences of that? It's a conversation we've kind of been throwing around for a little bit. And we may have touched on it in other podcasts, but we thought it could, have been, it could be cool for us to just explore this a little bit more because when we have these sorts of issues in our lives, either we are the perpetrators or we are the um, subjects of, I think it kind of changes the landscape of happiness. It changes the landscape of possibility. It changes the landscape of opportunity. And whether you're the perpetrator or the person who's subject of it, it kind of, it it, it places a different lens on our view of life and how we see ourselves, how we see others. And for some people, we become recluse. For others, we go on the attack. Some withdraw. Some people... um, you know, rally other people's support around them to try and make them feel like they're not on their own and less vulnerable. I think it's, I think it's a worthwhile conversation to just explore what is the process that a human goes through, and we're all different, but what is the process that we go through when we experience it from either side of the fence? So let's, let's dive straight in. What do you guys think about it? What are your thoughts on this whole subject, this whole topic? Well... I, I actually wanted to say to you, Karen, we pale face. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope, I really hope that I would never offend anybody, but I know I have. I, I don't go out maliciously to do it, but I know I've offended some people because I remember when um, I first started on Facebook back in 2000 and I don't know when it was. It was, it was probably, I don't know, eight nine years ago and I remember putting up every day I would put up a picture of something and um, ask if it was environmental or genetic um, that the disease had happened so it might have been uh, a devil like the Tasmanian devil who had cancer on its face and I'd say do you think this is environmental or genetic and people would then answer well it's environmental and so I did all the animals and, and what had happened to the animals, um, like two-headed fish and, and those types of things. And everybody always said environment, environment. And then I put um, humans up. And I, I put up um, particularly uh, um, a human um, or two humans that were co-joined at birth. And they're very vocal and they're very public and it's not like they're private in any way at all. But I put it up and I said genetic or environment. And I got this reply from someone saying, you cannot compare humans to animals, you know. And But my whole thing was to say when we look at animals, we always say it's environment that, causes the cancer, the two heads on the fish. The, that was my idea. And when we come to humans, we say it's genetic. We say, well, cancer, it's genetic. Heart disease, it's genetic. Um, you know, it's always genetic. And, and so I know that I obviously really upset somebody by doing that. And another one, another question I posed back in the early days, I'm, I'm a little bit more careful now because I just posed the question, I went, and I think it was when um, Angelina Jolie decided to take, no, it might have even been before Angelina Jolie decided to take her ovaries out and um, because she had the genes, the BRAC1 and the BRAC2 gene. And I posed the question, 
um, about the BRAC1 and BRAC2 gene and, and ask, would you take your breasts off if you had the BRAC1 and BRAC2 gene? And do you think we're crazy in doing this? And surely the environment. So it was going on from that theme. And, of course, somebody had taken their breasts off because they had the BRAC1 and BRAC2 gene. And... Um, and all of her friends came on and absolutely gave me hell. I was just going, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I didn't mean this to be mean or anything. I was merely posing a question and asking a question, but it was really... So, obviously, I had offended her and then she got all her friends to come on Changing Habits and, and really, really, they, they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. So... You, you mean they attacked you personally? Yeah, yeah. I look, I often, I often find now when, um, like, I wrote an article recently on Hydrolate, and Hydrolate is a formulated um, a supplement to put uh, minerals and water and um, you know back into your body. And when I read the ingredients and then go to the patents and figure out how the ingredients are made, and so I wrote a whole article on it and. I got a, a letter back, you know, because we put it on my blog and I got a, a, a message back from what seemed to be the formulators and owners of Hydrolate and they basically assassinated my personality completely, just assassinated me. They didn't answer the questions that I asked and so I then went back to them and I asked them, I will change this. I will change this whole article if you can answer me these questions. And I think I put 12 questions in. Uh, like, you know, if your citric acid, if the citric acid that you're using, is it, is it, um, sorry guys, um, <laughs> Howard was coming in and I was trying to wave to him to say, uh, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so, well, we never even heard a thing. I got louder and louder so he could hear me. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I, you know, I, I asked about the citric acid. Is it made by the genetically modified mould or is it naturally um, taken from citrus fruits? So I, I find that a lot of people do assassinate um, who you are as a human being rather than the information that you're giving and rather than coming back with more information, which if it's good information, it can change my mind about things. If it's educated and, it, and they explain something to me, then I'll apologise and I'll, you know, go back. But I guess, um, yeah, I guess when you said, um, you know, do we do it ourselves, are we the perpet uh, perpetrators or are we the receivers of this? I, I always try my best not to offend people but you do you just do without meaning to it's really scary who's <laughs> laughing little pop out yeah. right? oh that just sounds so funny I, but i do i think if you ask every human being on the planet they unintentionally offend people all the time so i think the hardest thing is behind the keyboard or the sitting on the internet, we seem to be a little bit braver or we seem to think it's okay to abuse people personally. And classic example, I was just over in New Zealand and um, I saw Pete Evans' book sitting on a shelf and I said, oh, no, it was with a group of people. And I said, oh, God, isn't he gorgeous? Isn't he clever and all that? And they went, oh, no, he gets crucified here. And I said, he gets crucified in New Zealand as well? What did he do wrong? And they all went, oh, look, he just... I don't know, he said a few dumb things and he's done this and he's done that. And I was like, the guy just wants to help people to eat right. And then it reminded me of when he just got crucified recently in the public on, on a television show. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and it had, I'm not joking, it had a nutritionist or a dietitian standing there with fresh meat, fresh fish, all these fruits and vegetables and all this stuff laid out on the bench. And she looked straight at the camera and she goes, I mean, it's dangerous. It's dangerous what he's what he's suggesting. <laughs> I think, do they actually mm. see what they're saying? Like, do they actually understand what they're saying? And I don't know whether we love to hate people or whether we have the tall poppy thing or whether, I don't know, just why do we assassinate people personally as well as perhaps professionally when they're actually genuinely trying to do a good thing? Mm. I think, 
I think that there's a, um, I think that there's a natural wiring inside of the human brain to sort for what's wrong because we all have this desire to fix. We all have this need to be in fix it mode. Otherwise, what are we going to do with our time here? And when we go looking for things that are wrong, you know, then you've got um, the whole ego that comes into the equation. I'm better than you. I know better than you do. I'll fix you. I'll teach you. I'll show you. There's that whole um, egotistical approach. And then there's the competition, you know, because now it's not just about um, who knows more. It's about who's going to make more money out of what they know. So it's, it's if, if you you know, say something against what I've said, then that's going to cost me money. So now I need to make you look bad and discredit you. So it's not just now about discrediting your message or being able to, you know, create a different point of view through data, but it's now about discrediting you personally because now, you know, the whole intent is about now I'm competing with you for airspace. I'm competing with you for customers. I'm competing with you for success. I'm competing with you for, um, you know, the right to be right. So I, th- I think, I th- and I think it's I think it's a really sad it's a really sad way that we've been conditioned over the years. But what I'm really enjoying seeing lately, and it's not everywhere, but it's just you know occasionally I've seen some stuff on social media about it's time that women stop putting other women down because only women know how hard it is for women, and we don't need extra women making it harder. And I thought that that was a really um, profound post to think that, you know, women can be the most brutal and they can be the most cruel and the most cutting. So um, I thought it was encouraging to see that there are some people, and hopefully it'll spread, but (laughs) there are some people who are starting to take stock that we can do the most damage, but we can also be the most powerful when we... um, combine our resources or when we align our our ways of being and start looking at what's right rather than what's wrong i don't know i just i get a bit i get a bit sad about it actually to be honest i get a bit sad about how cruel we can be and it starts with our kids at school you know kids are just brutal you know it's interesting that um you know there there are individuals out there that yeah they don't maybe mean to hurt but they do, and, and, and exactly what you've said, Karen. But there's also individuals and groups out there that uh, are actually paid to discredit uh, people. Yeah. And it, it's actually a term and it's called astroturfing. And I know that sounds like fake grass, but it is a fake <laughs> grass move. Yeah, it's a fake grass roots movement. And it's where drug companies or food companies or someone like that or even maybe um, associations are paying bloggers or people to discredit people that are saying something against what their philosophy is. So let's just look at the natural health movement versus the, 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 you know, the, the, natu- the, the usual health movement that is out there at the moment or the sickness movement that's out there at the moment, you know, there's a lot of money involved in that. And I, I do know that there are astroturfers out there being paid by these companies to run amok. As we talked about two weeks ago, we, ran, we talked about running amok as far as it's a murderous rage. And I guess it's not a murderous rage that they're doing, but um, that's basically what they're doing is that they, they are creating problems. Um, there is a group against Pete Evans. Kim brought up Pete Evans and there's a group um, out there called, that is against Pete Evans, but they also target, they've targeted Kim, they've targeted me. Have they got you yet, Karen? <laughs> they, they, target, they target Christine Creneau. They target Gary Fedke. Um, anybody who is saying, hey, food and diet, may be a really good way to go. Or if they even question vaccination. Oh, my gosh. These guys just go right off their tree and saying they're anti-vaccine rather than, you know, thinking about, well, what's, you know, what's the big picture and why would somebody question that? Maybe there are some problems. So there is all of these, um, that group, uh, 
I don't even know who they are. I have no idea who the, the people who are the ringleaders of them are, but they, they pull everybody down rather than create their own um, knowledge out there and, and spread their their beliefs and their knowledge. So Pete gets a... They're not got anything else to do. I don't think they've got anything else to do. They, they listen to us. And I'm thinking, why would you listen to us if you don't even like us? <laughs> I don't listen to anyone I don't like. I don't want to read anybody I don't like. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, why would you do that? Why would you just not enjoy? Well, there was that recent thing. Uh, there was that recent thing with astroturfing. Sorry, got a delay. Sorry. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, um, it's, a bit, it's a bit bloody tragic when that becomes your life's work, isn't it? To be running around looking for things that you can try and discredit and all of that sort of stuff. And you know the really, you know the really interesting thing is that they think that they can bully people into silence. Well, I've got news for them. Go jump. <laughs> Like, jam it up your jumper, sunshine, because those days are never coming, you know, like cheapest creepers. What do they think? Like, honestly, what do they seriously think? Do they think that they're going to intimidate people into silence? I mean, what bloody planet have they fallen off? I don't think that, that I, don't, I don't think that day is ever coming that there can be enough people who can stamp up and down and assert their own view that it will intimidate people into silence. It's never going to happen. So the sooner we can collectively start to wake up and smell the coffee beans and say, okay, well, you know what? We are all going to have our own view. But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, everybody is doing the best they can and everybody is working with what they know. So big Big sign coming up your way, girlfriends. Those of you that are feeling the need to be poo-pooing, get back in your box, chocolate. <laughs> get back in your box. <laughs> uh, look, you know what I'm going to do? There was that thing recently where the... Go on, Kim. Oh, sorry. I just was going to say there was that recent thing, I think we even mentioned it on Up for a Chat, where I had a, a friend, or I might have said it at your conference, and the, I had a friend email me really worried about coconut oil. I had Danny's mum email me an article on coconut oil and how bad and dangerous it was and everything, and turned out the whole article through the, I think it was the American um, heart. Dietetics Association or heart, or heart Association, was it the, they talked all about, they'd really discredited um, the whole thing around coconut oil, which then had a whole lot of people out there questioning it. So you guys have had quite a lot to do with the media and you, and you both know, and we've all kind of been in and out of it at different times. Why is it then shows, um, is it because of, well, we know it, there's a lot of money in behind it and everything, but just for example, um, a Pete Evans or perhaps someone like yourself and they're going on air or um, someone talking about something that's controversial, why are we so afraid to give both sides and just say, hey, we're all happy to agree to disagree or like what I don't get, I know there's money in behind it, but ultimately at the end of the day, if any one of those people that are backing the foundations or backing the companies that are paying the advertising on those shows, well, Obviously, they, they must be able to sleep at night with, uh, you know, knowing that they're actually hurting people, but it doesn't seem to come into account, whether it's physical through pharmaceutical companies perhaps or I, I don't know. I'm really questioning how is the media such a platform for the conversation, be it social media or the television or paper or print media, and yet are we are all intelligent beings and yet we're still driven by an opinion that's one person's opinions uh, opinions on that show. Like, I, I don't understand how we can't question it or we aren't given a voice to question it or people are afraid to question it. Well, if you have a look what's um, just happened over the last um, couple of weeks here in Australia, a chiropractor who um, showed a movie called Vaxxed in his waiting room <laughs> or his reception area um, got basically told he couldn't practice, so he was found guilty before trial. Um, <gasps> yep, <gasps> Dr. Simon Falariani. Um, oh, wow. Yep, and a medical doctor. 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. He was overseas at the time and his wife, Dr. Jenny um, Floriani, um, thank goodness, is a chiropractor and she just took over his practice. But I haven't heard where we are at the moment um, and, and whether he's allowed to practice until the trial goes through. I have no idea, but that happened. We had two medical doctors who were giving... Um, uh, exemptions to families for vaccinations because they believe, these medical doctors believe that, you know, their first child had had some severe reactions or the child had had some severe reactions and they felt that they could have exemptions. Well, both of them have um, now not, are now not allowed to um, practice. Um, Gar- Dr... Um, Gary Fedke is an orthopaedic surgeon, has been, was gagged to talk about nutrition because he didn't have a nutrition degree. He was being very vocal about nutrition. You look across at South Africa and um, I can't remember the name of the doctor who wrote The Real Food uh, Revolution. He also um, was gagged and, by the way, he went through a very expensive court case and has actually been... Um, shown that he is correct and all is good. You, you're seeing this everywhere. Look at um, the girl um, out of Catalyst. She did the heart of the matter, the doctor um, that did the heart of the matter. Both of those were taken off the air because she questioned statins. Um, Marianne Damasi, her name was, Dr. Marianne Damasi, I think her name was. So she questioned statins and she... He questioned um, the whole cholesterol thing and the whole fat thing. So those were taken off the air. But what you've got to realise is that the media is paid by these big companies. That's what keeps them afloat. They can't say anything against it. They, it, you know, look at um, the, is it Men's, Robert Men's, what's his name? Um, Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch owns most of the papers here in Australia. And he, he basically is also um, owns a lot of percentage of drug companies. And if you read his papers, and I can always tell when I'm reading his papers because he never gives two sides to the story or his, his writers never give two sides to the stories. story. They'll only give one side. They'll always, like Kim and Karen, we both know um, a mother who has lost a child 24 hours after vaccination knows it was the vaccine and yet they don't put that story on the front page of the paper they only put the story on the front page of the paper that a kid got whooping cough because someone that was unvaccinated you know um touched that person <laughs> you know where's the other side there's always another side so these are the the things that are happening we see it in the food industry as well like when i wrote for the paper the the Sunshine Coast Daily back in the 1990s, I wrote a, a, an article on margarine and we had the Margarine Association of Australia contact the paper and say, you know, you need to have that retracted um, or we'll sue. And, um, of course, the paper didn't want to be sued and so what the paper did was they put a one-page article on the um, benefits of margarine. So this is... This is what's happening is that powerful companies own or advertise or do something with the media. It will be, you'll see it in TV, you'll see it in newspapers, you'll see it in magazines. It's just that if you're not aware of it, you will just believe what you're being fed. We, we can take another example. Mm. Um, there, um, a young boy by the name of Chase and his mother, Cindy Walker, and father, Mark Stephen, he was basically stolen from them um, by the police and by the health department, basically, because they decided that the peg feeding and the drugs for his seizures were not working and they decided to put him on medical cannabis and uh, a whole food diet and he lost some weight and, and they basically took their son away from them by getting them into the hospital, locking the father into um, the toilets and then forcefully taking this child who is handicapped away from the mother. Yes, this is happening in Australia. This is Brisbane. When did this happen? Um, I think it's been 12 weeks, maybe 16 weeks since he saw um, Chase. 
And um, I can't believe what I'm bloody hearing. Well, she's gagged. No. She's not allowed to say anything about it on, on social media. Not a thing because now it's in the courts. Basically, the child's been taken away from her and she can't, you know, she, she can't talk about the fact that what the health department or whoever it was, I don't know who did it, has done it to this child. And you often hear of, of other children who have cancer and the parents say, well, I don't want to do, um, I don't want to do chemo or radiation or I don't want to do your method, I want to do my method and the children are taken away from them. They have no say in it. And people are not realising that this is happening in Australia and the media is biased. I don't know how they can take our children away from us. Um, and it's not just in health, it's in food, it's in, in so many uh, in business, in finance, you, I just think there's a lot of fake news out there or biased news. That blows my mind. I know. Girls, I want to take a little twist on this because not everybody that listens to the show has their own show or they're even in the media or whatever, but they do have to endure the same sort of wrath either from friends or family when they yeah. give up smoking or they do a weight loss protocol or they do a they choose to vaccinate or not vaccinate or they stop eating meat or something. Karen, especially you, my love, how how what's some tips we could give to our beautiful listeners on how I mean, first of all, give me your tips on how you handle it when someone knocks you professionally and then tell us what what are some things that you do? I love your whole thing around perspective and all of that sort of thing. Like how can you help us all to become better, not receivers of, of, of criticism or horrible things said, but how do we handle it with more grace and dignity so that it doesn't ruin us or affect us? It's a tough call that because we're all very sensitive to um, other people's view about us and we kind of grow up trying to fit into society and the moment we feel like we don't fit, then we kind of feel very isolated and quite vulnerable because we, as humans, we're wired to connect and we're wired to be with each other. So ultimately we are in constant pursuit of acceptance. But I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves and give to our children growing up in a society that is very conditioned that way is to look at it from the perspective that Carl Jung postulated years, many years ago, is that, that there's that per, per, um, perception is projection. And that's one of the ways that I deal with, um, you know, any kind of negativity in my world is that if somebody is, is hating on me or if there's somebody who's got, you know, something to say about me or there's a criticism about me or somebody that I care about, the first thing I'll look at is, is there a truth in that? Because if there's an opportunity for me to learn and grow, even though somebody else is being a butt face about it, if there's truth in what they're saying, then I want to extract that truth, you know. I want to be able to make sure that I'm constantly expanding. So if I see that there's a truth, then I'll look at it from the perspective of, hey, I'm really grateful that they've said that. They may still be a butt face, but I'm really grateful that they've pointed that out because without them I wouldn't have seen it. So that's probably my first point that I would go to. The second thing is I look at it and say, well, how much charge do I feel? And charge is any kind of heat or any kind of really strong emotion, strong response, irritation, um, sadness, uh, negativity. If there's any kind of emotional charge, I'll look at that and I'll go, okay, well, if I've got emotional charge about what that person has said, then I've got to one, see where I've done that to myself, to them or to others. So if somebody was to say, I don't know, Karen, you're stubborn, and then that just really irritated me, I would probably look at, okay, well, where have I been stubborn towards them, to myself, or to others? It's always that three-pronged attack, to myself, to them, or to others. And if you can see that you have done that, then that's 50% of the battle won. And I like to think that the universe brings us these people to cross our paths that give us those charge because that's the next thing for us to work on in our lives in order for us to grow. So I look at it, and Gabby Bernstein puts it this way. She says, um, life, is a classroom. life is a classroom and people are my assignments. And I really love the way that she said that. So when I look at different assignments that come my way, I either look at them with gratitude or I look at them as, as an opportunity for me to expand beyond where I am. So if there's charge 
in it. I'll say, okay, well, where have I done that to myself, to others or to that person? And then as soon as I get that recognition of where I've done it to them or to myself, then the charge begins to dissolve. And then the more and more I become responsible for doing the direct opposite of stubborn. So it's kind of like the recipe. First look at it, where have I done it to myself, to them or to others, and then reach for the direct opposite of that. So for me, if I was to say it was stubborn, the direct opposite of stubborn is freedom. So each time I feel the need to be stubborn or to treat somebody with stubbornness or to respond with stubbornness, I've got to reach for freedom in that moment. And I won't always get it right, but at least I know what I'm reaching for. It's kind of like for me, freedom is the um, same, a different side of the coin, but it's the same coin that stubborn is on. So it's just the same coin, but a different side. So I, I experience the contrast in order to learn the, um, the expansion path, if you like. So I experience stubbornness in order to learn about freedom and to really embrace freedom and to offer freedom and give freedom. So that's just one example. So I look at um, if there's charge there and if somebody says something about me and I have no charge about it, I have no feeling about it, I'm in complete no man's land about it, then it's water for ducks back. I couldn't care less and I'm moving right on. So um, I think just to sum that up, first of all, I look at do I have, is there truth in it? If there is, awesome, I'm grateful. Otherwise, I'll look to see if there's charge in it and if there is charge in it, then my job is to recognize, one, where I've done it to myself, to them or to others, start to feel the charge dissolve as I realize that and then reach for the direct opposite of what it is that I think that person's doing. And then, um, yeah, that's that. I think I've said enough, haven't oh, I? I? I actually <laughs> need you in my ear when things like that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just have this little section where they should listen. Every time they're feeling a little bit, go back to Karen and listen to her now. Go back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I seriously do believe that. Hey, I mean, I honestly don't think that we are here to be at the mercy of suffering or painful experiences or negative experiences. I mean, other people can do whatever they want, but we can't control them. The only thing that we can control is our response. And if we hand that over Mm -hmm. to any other human being, they are not going to care for your mental and emotional well-being as much as you are. So if each one of us can actually step up and say, my mental and emotional well-being is my number one priority and nothing and no one is going to walk through my mind with dirty feet. It's (laughs) not happening. Not on my watch. So if something (laughs) does happen between my two ears that disturbs my peace, it's my responsibility to grab it with both hands and sort that chisel out. So then I can move on to my next lesson and my next (laughs) appointment. (laughs) My rule is I've I've just had a retreat um, and I said to everybody, the rule is six minutes. You're allowed to be on bended knee in that moment of, OMG, what do I do with myself? You're allowed to be on that for six minutes because life is passing you by. Life is happening. Whether you're present to it or not, life is happening. And if we're caught up in a whirlpool of somebody else's shizzle, life does not stop. Opportunities, challenges, great things, bad things, life does not stop. It continues. So six minutes, sort it out and move on. Nobody's worth more than that. And, you know, it must, it must take practice to do that because I, what I find that I do if I get upset about something or something's upset me, it, it stays in my mind for about 24 hours where right. I'm mulling it over, thinking about it, uh, get online, write a nasty note, delete it, write a nasty, love a nasty note, delete it, walk away, <laughs> write another nasty note, delete it. <laughs> I think that's part of the process, though. Right? I know you've got to express. You know, you really got to get it out. <laughs> and you should hear me. It's like, and then, I, and then I do it, but I never press send. I always go, "Hey, I feel better now. Delete that." Or, but I, yeah, I don't know if I can do six minutes, Karen. I just, 
I'm a 24 hour of a muller over. No, I, no, I've, I've got an idea. No, no, you do do it. You do do it. You just do it 240 times over 24 hours. <laughs> you do 246 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Cindy so let's say someone said something that's caught you off guard or someone yeah. tells you that they don't agree with you in a workshop or that you're full of shizzle or I don't know how, what's the first thing that occurs for you and how do you respond to it um I think as a speaker you actually have the platform they're here to hear your stuff and um, and if they don't agree with you, uh, if you put it out there for question and debate, I think that's fair enough. But I actually think that if you haven't put it out there for question and debate, that I think it's rather rude. And you should come up to them privately and say, hey, you said this, I don't agree with you and this is the reason why I don't agree with you. It's just... You know, that's just my feeling and I will always do it. I always try to do it privately. If I don't agree with someone, I'll either do it privately or I won't worry about it because I agree with most of the stuff they say. It was just that one thing I'm not sure about because it can make everybody else in the room very uncomfortable. Um, and unless you know how to shut it off, it's, it, I think it's a real tough one. Mm. Um, I had that happen to me in England actually where... I showed what's with wheat and, and this young man um, stood up and he disagreed with me. He said I was fear-mongering and that um, mental, I don't know why he got into mental illness, but he said mental illnesses are often because of sexual abuse as a young child or, or something like that, which I'm not, not agreeing with him, um, but I actually was quite put back by the fear-mongering and there was a little bit of a debate that happened between him and I as though it was a private room. And then I just said, look, why don't we talk about this later? Next question, please. So, and then, you know, when Ruth, you know, Ruth, my, my beautiful Ruth, who's my event coordinator, and she walk, goes everywhere with me. And she's also a kinesiologist, applied kinesiologist and, or kinesiologist. And we talked about it on our walk back um, as to what may have been going on in his life. And I think that that's always a good thing is that you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life that um, may bring them to that uh, question, that decision, that the thing that they say about you, such as I was fear-mongering with what's with wheat. So I think I've had my fair share of it and mm. I, I don't know if I handle it any better. I don't, I really don't know if I handle it any better. And it, I have to mull it, as I said, Karen, it doesn't take me six minutes. <laughs> and, it, and, and obviously talking about this now, and it was um, March this year, I still think about it. I still mull it in my mind, what was going on in his life? Could I have handled that better? How could I have done that better? I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't got an answer um, for you. Um, on that one, sorry, but I, it is. It my heart starts beating. You know, you ha you feel inadequate sometimes, especially if you you're asked a question and you think that it it might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to go there. But it's. I think it's hard when you're in the public eye and that and that happens. I don't think you're immune to it. I, it's like Pete. Remember Kimmy when you said to Pete. Mm -hmm. Pete Evans, we're talking about again. When you said to Peter, Peter, I don't know how you do it. How do you put up with all of this? What's going on? He says, That's why I have seven therapists. <laughs> I think he was kidding, but it was just so funny the way he said it. <laughs> what do you think I go to seven therapists? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, you have to get why. some sort of sense of a shield. I, I don't mm. look, I look at, I heard, I saw an article trying to think what the article was and it was this weekend and it was a political leader that was quite famous who lost his a, a member of his family and it was a close member like a father or a brother and someone took a swipe at him about it at it yeah also not a physical swipe no no a no, I, yeah a emotional swipe at him yeah. about that 
at a very at a time when you would be very vulnerable and um, yeah, I just I don't know what the human race thinks when they do things like that. I really don't like when Steve Irwin died, and that um, famous woman can't remember her name basically said, "Oh, now the animals are going to be safe." You know, seriously, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a good thing to say after somebody somebody has died and that happens. That's what. That's the part that in, always intrigues me is how is it that people can bring themselves to be so insensitive? I mean, mm. if you have a, if you have a view, by all means, you've got your view. But there's a level of sensitivity, and when it's life and death, and it was the same crap that went on when um, Jess Ainsco died. Oh yeah. You know, give me strength. Like, you can have your own view. But there are very few things in this life that we know. You know, everybody's got their own opinion and they can go to war for their own opinion. I mean, look at us politically. But everybody's got their own viewpoint and they've got their own belief systems. But it's not like they know it. Like it's an absolute and an ultimate truth that's true for everybody. So how dare anybody be so insensitive when it comes to things like life and death? I I think life and death kind of really needs to be off the table. It's kind of like the Red Cross, the the no-go zone for bombing, really. (laughs) Because I Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand how people find it in themselves to be that way. I, how do they, I don't know, and animals. I think that those are, the, those are the things that have got to be off the table. It's disgusting. It's an appalling display of, of, of inhumanity, actually. I don't know. I get all riled up when I think about that, when I think about my beautiful Jess. Yeah. I get all, I get all thing. Mm. Anyway. But we seem I to have it in the sense that when it comes to it, that it is, do you think it's based on, um, we know it's based on people, was perceptions but for someone to do that then you know with the work that you guys have both done and what we all focus on that it's based on their upbringing their situations or whatever but for some people if, if they're being if there's people out there being paid to criticize people then there must be a want or a need in human nature to want to do that do so that. I mean, how do, you, how do you both find it, though, when someone you love is criticised or abused or hurt? Then what do you do? Is it different? Mm. <laughs> I get so nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when five foot two gets ferocious, it's all kinds of ugly. <laughs> And you're so eloquent at it too, Karen. Oh, I get, my words get very long and they get very articulate and my voice gets very deep. Yeah. (laughs) So the the opportunity to go looking for it or understanding the charge just comes totally to the fore. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, a little bit. (laughs) But six minutes is all I'm allowed, you see. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to explode. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Give yourself six minutes. <laughs> What's that cartoon? Matt often says to me because he says I'm an angry little thing, and he, <laughs> there's a cartoon character that's like that, <laughs> and it just spins around. It's like a Tasmanian devil. It just spins around. It just says angry little. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, I think oh, it's off the. I remember um, him. Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, him. Looney. What was what was cartoon was that on? Was I don't remember, but he Looney Tunes or something. Oh, I, I used to think it was Captain Caveman, but it's not. It's like a Tasmanian devil that he gets triggered every time he gets angry. And he just loses himself. He just spins around in circles and goes nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see the Dalai Lama get angry. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, just, I, can't I don't know if that's in his vocabulary. 
And we, Danny, Danny always had this saying when he was playing cricket and, and, you know, if I heard people knock him and that happens a lot in professional sport, as you can appreciate, like I even went to the All Blacks game on Saturday night and if one of the guys who was Australian didn't kick many goals, but um, anyway, he got, he got, you know, hassled for not getting the goals over. And, and I just thought, I, I, I just so wanted to turn around to the guy behind me and say, oh, I've played a bit of test rugby, have you? You know, like it was just like, how can you knock these people? We just seem to think it's in our nature to do it. Anyway, they bloody were one, so let's not talk yes. about that. But yes, they did. Um, Danny had yes, a, did. a, a <laughs> fourth time in nine years just saying, hashtag, never mind. Um, anyway, they, Danny had a, a statement that whenever people, oh, I'd get all wrapped up and see it in the paper and I'd be saying to him, oh, my gosh, look at this saying, oh, my God, how can they say this? Oh, what jerks? And he go, Kimmy, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. And I thought, oh, <laughs> it's probably not a bad way to look at it, really. We've all got a different opinion and agenda. So there you go. That's how we can cope with it too. Do you know what I do when someone says something that kind of runs me up and yeah. it can be family it can be it can be friends it can be someone my default I found is I instantly say two words which might help our listeners um because it just gives you that breathing space before you turn into that Tasmanian devil <laughs> twisting like um, but <laughs> there's, there's actually two different statements I make <laughs> one is that's interesting Mm. You think it, that diffuses everything. Mm. If you just go, that's interesting. Mm. It's, yeah, don't say it with a facetious tone because now you're saying it with opinion, but that's interesting. And the other one is when I feel the charge, so here's my step two, is I say, bless, bless. <laughs> that's what I say, bless. <laughs> because then I'm trying really hard not to buy into it. So you see, there's my two little go-tos. And I go and snort a whole lot of rose or lavender or instant calm and just try and take three deep breaths. You know, that's where oils are very profound, I have to say. I love it. I, I'm going to put those in the show notes, Kim. I will put in what? those words, bless, and that's interesting, and I'll put them in in, in commas. Um, in quotation marks, so that everybody knows that they can <laughs> and know exactly what they have to say. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, Paul, you know how Jacob, the whole um, the whole of our podcast listeners know that my my teenage son was asked to leave school last year and didn't do anything really that bad. But the last thing he did was probably the worst thing he did. But even still, it's on, on a scale of things that you should be sent to prison for and things like that. Certainly nowhere near that. Interesting that he's now at another school down in Brisbane. And on Friday night, he wanted to go and watch his old school play in the basketball finals. So he turned up at the school and, of course, a number of the teachers were there. And I said to him, before you go, don't go in with ego. Don't, you know, don't go in with some sort of attitude that you're better or holier than thou. Just be in a very grateful place that where you're at now has occurred because of what happened in the past. So that was, that was good. And apparently he arrived, and this is where I say to my children, just because people are adults doesn't mean to say they'll display adult behaviour. So I always think to our teenage listeners and our younger listeners or to our parents of younger children, now, you know, we don't have to teach, we don't have to say that getting to adulthood instantly makes you a better human being because, as we all know, that's not the case. So anyway, Jacob saw a couple of the teachers and he obviously was weighing up whether or not he'd be received or not received. And, he, and one of the first teachers he saw actually smiled at him. And so he went over and we'll call her Mrs. Smith for, for argument's sake. And she, he walked over and he said, Mrs. Smith, it's so good to see you. And she said, oh, my goodness, Jacob, where are you now? And so he said the school that he's at. And she just said, I'm so happy for you. And how do you feel? And, da, da, da. and they had this really nice conversation. One of the other teachers that were a part of him being asked to leave the school walked behind him and Jacob turned around and put out his hand, we'll call him Mr Brown, and said, evening Mr Brown, and went to shake his hand. And this teacher wouldn't shake his hand and tutted and walked off. And I just thought, are you kidding me? I mean, that was one of the teachers that contributed to him leaving and yet Jacob had the courage to turn around and say, Mr. Brown and shake his hand. 
Anyway, later on, he saw another teacher, and then he went back to the first teacher he saw, and she just said, Jacob, you've really matured. It's a really, I'm just so proud of you, and well done. And he said, let's hug it out, Mrs. Smith. And so he hugged the teacher, and, you know, they, she was just so beautiful. And then another teacher came over and said, my gosh, Jacob, you've matured. It's, what a treat to see you. Gosh, we're so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And this other Mr. Brown walked past and went, oh, I, I seem to have misunderstood you. I thought I thought you had a bit of ego around you. And and he still didn't apologise or anything, but I'm just saying. And then I said to Jacob, how did you handle that? And he and he looked at me and he said, Mum, I looked at him and I said, that's interesting. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. I just thought it was gold. He just went, that's interesting. Didn't take it on. Didn't care. He'd mm. moved on. On and I just thought, you know, for a 17 year, 18 year old, that's you know, sometimes our younger generation can be so mature with the way they handle things, too. So mm. it was really good, but then good you know, on him, yeah, mm. yeah, you, you have to congratulate him for doing that because that's a brave move. Um, even to go back to his old school where he knew the teachers would be there, mm. I think that's a really brave move. Mm. Him. He must be so proud of him, mm. yeah, he was, he was really good, it was really good. Very pleased. So, okay, so here's my other tip to you. Let's say you've just, or not tip, but my other question to you guys. How about fallouts? How about massive fallouts with people or when you realise you don't want someone in your life now? What do you, how do you handle those people and how do you move to a new place if those people are talking about you behind your back or they're saying things that you know aren't true but they're part of and it kind of starts causing dis, you know, disharmony amongst peer groups or groups or things like that. What's your advice on that situation? Well, I've, I've been in that situation um, but it takes me a lot to get to, uh, you know, to the point where I, I, I don't want any more to do with that person. Um, and, yeah, I did the really mature thing. <laughs> I, um, I blocked them from my phone. I blocked them from Facebook. I blocked them from everything. But it, it took me, a, you know, a, a long time to get to that. And then I just went, I can't do this anymore. I can't have them talking behind my back, saying things to people, and then those people telling me what she's saying. And I would always think that they're not telling, you know, it's, that can't be what she would say. She would never say that. That's not, that's not on. So I actually, <laughs> yes, I did the mature thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to go, oh, my so God, assuming, don't listen to Cindy. Don't listen to what she does. <laughs> so banning from Facebook, it's, it's almost the biggest insult of all, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, I think, I think their gone. phone number from ever coming through to your phone again is a pretty big one as well. Mm. And, that, and, that, that, and, and we were friends for a long time, a, a very long time. And um, I... It was, it was, it's funny, I had no sadness over it. This is the scary part is I had no sadness over it and I have no wish to ever go back there, never. Oh, yeah, right. And it's been a couple of years. And that, and like I have friends from grade eight um, still, I'm, you know, I just went to one of my girlfriend's funeral. We talked about, my, sorry, her husband's funeral. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You know, I just, you know, I have friends, um, that are long lasting and um, yeah, that was, that was just one Kim. Um, and only because that just stays in my mind as to um, there was no huge argument. There was no yelling. There was no nothing. It was just, I had heard too much about undercurrents and um, things that she was saying and, and things that we had talked about for 25 years that she was repeating that were private. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just went, I didn't even say anything. I didn't say I don't want to hear from you or see you or do anything with you anymore. I just blocked her. I just decided that was it. So, yeah, that was that. that and and like I, I'm here now and I think, oh, was that the right thing to do and not to explain it or anything like that? But no. I felt okay about it. So just don't do the dirty okay on me, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that day is so never coming. 
<laughs> only one, only one though. Never ever done it in you know, I'm fifty seven. Don't don't leave me behind on the trick in New Zealand. What was that, no. Kitty? <laughs> don't leave me on the trick in New Zealand, will you? Don't leave me. No child left behind. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be in my room with me? Who's going to be my roomie if you're not there? Karen, we could leave Karen behind. <laughs> Karen, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, okay, what about you, Karen? I don't know. I was, I've been trying to think of somebody that I wanted to write off. <laughs> oh, the only person I can actually think of that I've ever felt that way about was my brother's ex-girlfriend. Huh? Oh, I couldn't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was young and immature. <laughs> I actually don't know that there's anybody that I want to write off because I think I just, I know this sounds really bizarre, but sort of probably for the, the last maybe five or six years, maybe Maybe being blown up in Bali is probably the part that's changed my perspective about mm. humanity more than anything. And I think since then, mm. I, you know, I kind of use the experience for my own gain, you know, from that perception is projection situation that we spoke about before. Like I kind of use every situation that gives me charge like that for my own personal expansion because at the end of the day, it's still my ride. Yeah. You know, and if somebody's if somebody is causing me grief or if there's grief being, if there's, if there's grief occurring within me and I'm blaming somebody else, it's still occurring within me. Yeah. It doesn't matter what that person does. People are always going to do what people do. You can't control them and we can't make them any different to what they are. So I kind of use the experience as an opportunity to expand myself and either that person naturally disappears from my life or I stop having charge with them and then I just have compassion because I feel like you know, it must be tough as hell to live inside of your skin. And then actually, come to think of it, there is one mm. particular person who shall remain nameless. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, well, no, there's two. Hang on a second. Now it's coming. Now, oh, now it yeah. comes out. All right, all right. <laughs> but you know, there's got to be a reason, a season, and a lifetime for everything, isn't it, Karen? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think if we give it, if we give these sorts of things a lot of energy, mm-hmm. it's our energy. It's not theirs. They couldn't give a damn what you're thinking. Yeah. It's us. It's, it's, it's our energy that's being wasted and expended. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't want to be wasting my energy on what somebody else is doing or saying about me. I could not care less. Yeah. I've got a life to live and I'm living it, baby, because it's all too short. Yeah. Um, Kim, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm probably a blend of both of you. <laughs> as, as always. As um, always. <laughs> um, I get really hurt. I, I don't know why. It really hurts me when I first hear it or I get really upset because I actually can't imagine what I could possibly do that would make you think ill of me or something or that mm-hmm. I've done something wrong because I never go out into the world thinking I'm doing anything wrong. So if I have... It's usually a big mistake or I'm also incredibly forgiving and I'm also incredibly aware and able to be coached or supported and things like that. So I think it comes down to um, some days I feel like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter what anyone thinks and then there's other days where I go, why? And I've kept myself awake at night wondering why things happen or how someone could misinterpret me or misunderstand me or worse than that when it keeps festering and going on I just I I don't know so I I will go silent and pull away because I just can't deal with the conflict a lot of the time I don't want to deal with the conflict you're welcome to your opinion but I'm actually not like that and because I am so caring and open and gracious and and feel like I'm very friendly I just think you've totally missed me, so therefore I'm better off if I don't talk. So when I was younger, I probably used to erupt um, in the moment and try desperately to get my point across, but I think now I, I do have Karen in my ear. 
um, I have Cindy in one ear going, you're a level one soul. And then I have Karen in the other ear going, pick your game up. It's just perspective. Um, you know, just take, take six minutes. And then um, I think that's what I love about you two. When I'm having one of those moments, uh, I, I, I'm just so grateful for girlfriends, for you two, that I can ring and I can be myself and have a level one soul moment and you allow me the six minutes or quite a few minutes, however it is, and then we have a laugh, a cry, and a glass of something, and then it's like, I think, Karen, you always make it feel like it's never as bad as it seems. And my other thing is that everybody has them. We all have fallouts with certain people. We all clash with some people. We all are not liked by some people, no matter how hard we try, and we're all going to peeve people off at some point or another, be it as a parent, a friend, a sister, a wife, a mother, a child, whatever it is. So if that's the case and life is about that huge tapestry of up and down and ebb and flow then I think it's more important that we find ways to deal with that charge you're talking about Karen or what do I do when I I, I feel that way or I, I loved what you're saying go after I think you called it the work in the past you know do the work on yourself mm. and that's been a really big go-to for me lately uh, particularly in the last couple of years is what's that charge and interestingly enough kids the more I've done that and perhaps since we've been doing up for a chat because we learn I learn so much from you girls and our beautiful guests and our and our beautiful listeners that I don't seem to get that real angry charge so much anymore and I kind of might get that feeling but it doesn't last and I love that is that just because I'm getting older and I don't care or you know I'm too old for the drama, I don't. I don't seem to have the energy for the drama anymore. So, I tell you, that's one benefit of getting older. So, yeah, try. I try and do the both things. Accept it when I'm in the grump, and only share it with people that I know aren't going to fuel it, because um, I don't want to fuel it and make it a big drama. I just would like some constructive thoughts and feedback. And often, if you've got a good friend like that, when you get it off your chest, if they don't interrupt you, you often work out the problem yourself. You're just trying to find some way to vent it. So it's really nice when you've got friends like you two that actually listen and then laugh. Um, and then, you know, use my oils all the time. And I often will then go after the work. Why did I have that charge? Why did I feel that way? Why does it matter if that person doesn't like me when so many people do care about me? So I think that's where I tend to go these days. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I, I, I you know when we have um, issues, we probably bounce it off each other all the time. So um, it's good. We've got each other. To, to bounce those things off. It's wonderful. And I think it's important to have people in your camp that will help to see what else is possible from the experience rather than just going, oh, yeah, you're right, there's such a butt face. I think it's important <laughs> to have. I mean, it's important <laughs> to have that. Look, I get it. I totally understand and I agree. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. But I think it's important to have people that will give you a ring out. Maybe check sometimes too. Yes. Anyway, yes. I think we've given our listeners lots of options here, peeps, lots of options. Mm-hmm. But why don't we just start with... <laughs> well, actually, Karen, I think, I think we just have to give one more option. Right, go you. When you're in trouble, tell Karen mm-hmm. and she'll beat them up. Oh, yes, well, that, that does happen, I have to say. Think spinning Tasmanian devil tornado. Exactly. Correct, correct, correct. We've had heaps of tradies coming to the house lately because we've been doing a little bit of fixing up and tidying up our little tissue box. <laughs> and if they do the wrong thing, Matt's like, oh, no. No, no, don't you say anything. No, don't you say anything. Leave it to me. Because <laughs> he knows what I'm going to be like. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how about we just to each other? <laughs> what are yeah. all of the Up For A Chat listeners? We should get T-shirts saying, I'm an Up For A Chatter and I'll be nice first. <laughs> I think everybody should just do that. Anyway, this has been fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been very Love entertaining and very interesting and very informing yeah, and very chatty. So. Nice. Typical of us, really. Very typical. Yes. 
So hopefully our listeners have loved today's podcast as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. Go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments and your questions then if you've got somebody that you need a little bit of help with six minutes kids six minutes but go ahead and put your comments there for us and we'll all get back to you with our different ideas of how you should handle that situation be prepared also you can go to all the w's dot the wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat and you can post your comments and your questions there so most importantly though above everything else make sure that you tune in to up for a chat next week where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world and we're going to see you on the ride bye for now everybody this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.